Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. This is a podcast for overall wellness and the journey to happiness. We also discuss current events and process them in thoughtful ways to help us cope with whatever is going on. There have been several issues lately that have really led me to think about freedom of speech and how it's constantly under attack. So that's the topic for today. Welcome, as always, to my co-host, Karen Wilson. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great. But before we go any further, mm-hmm. I ask that you please, listeners, subscribe to the podcast and also rate and review the show. This helps us reach more people and to grow our audience. So thank you in advance. And stay tuned at the end of the show, and I'll remind you how to join our conversation. Now let's get into freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. First of all, since we're discussing freedom of speech, let's hear what the Constitution of the United States of America has to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) The First Amendment of the Constitution reads as follows. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, to put that in simpler terms, the First Amendment um, of the Constitution of the United States is part of the United States Bill of Rights that protects freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press, and the right to petition. Mm -hmm. So, and this is what I always say. I say that people... They kind of use the Constitution like they do the Bible. Sure. They pick and choose which parts are important Mm -hmm. and choose to believe as absolute truth. Some parts they ignore altogether, Mm -hmm. and yet other parts they interpret in ways that suits their particular agenda. Absolutely. So what do you think, Karen? I totally agree with that. And, um, yeah, everybody, you can say or be in favor of whatever you want. That's what our country was founded on. But certain groups feel like they have more pull or can tell other people what they should be in favor of and what they believe in, which is not, that's not the American way. Yeah. I mean, some people are just going too far and we'll get into that as Mm -hmm. we delve deeper. Now Mm -hmm. let's discuss one of the things that happened to precipitate this topic and this discussion for me. It's Dave Chappelle's Netflix comedy special sticks and stones. Let's dissect it a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the show was funny. It was Chappelle at his best. He's a comedian that really has a talent to like weave a story And he pulls you in. He doesn't just like 
drop jokes here and there. It's all part of a cohesive story. And he has a theme usually mm -hmm. that runs throughout. Right. Sometimes it's subtle and you miss when he kind of throws it in. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about the show in general? I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was cute. Um, I, I thought some of the, I mean, he left no, like literally no stone unturned. He had yeah. something to say about everything that was pop culture. Um, and, and it also speaks to the fact that sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. Cause some of the stuff was a little, yeah. um, sensitive if you will, but you gotta be able to have humor and be able to, you know, not take everything so seriously and laugh at yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, some parts of the show were definitely a bit shocking mm -hmm. and even made me feel a you know, a tad bit uncomfortable. For example, right out of the gate, he makes a joke about Anthony Bourdain's yeah, suicide. Right. And I had just recently lost someone in my family within the last few months to suicide. Oh, so that okay. issue in particular, oh, okay. that kind of yeah. gave me pause. But, yeah. you know, I was able to get past it mm -hmm. um, to get to the larger point mm -hmm. that he was making. Yeah. He where had... he was comparing his life, this, you know white successful rich mm -hmm. ideal job mm -hmm. having person whose life on the outside seems to be perfect and then he juxtaposed that against this friend of his yeah. whose life just went to heck literally yeah. you know yeah. to end up you know at a footlocker uh -huh. and it just it it really made you think about that yeah and it really speaks to kind of the resiliency of some people versus others there are so, yeah, there's some people that are able to take a hit and keep it moving and other people that just completely implode and they just stay in that one spot. Yeah. So that 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 was definitely a um a sketch of that, let's just say. What do you yeah. think of all the backlash? Because I was surprised because overall, you know, most of the it was typical Dave Chappelle. See, I never I'm not a follower of his, so I didn't mm -hmm. quite really know what to expect. Yeah. But um I could see how people could get upset because of like I said some of the subject matter is a little sensitive and it's not a laughing matter, you yeah. know. So um But that's what comedy is about. That's what it is. It's, it's comedy is this, in your face. In your face and they say what you are um afraid to say. And yeah. if you try and censor that, then we have nothing. And a good comedian takes whatever is going on mm -hmm. in the culture and these serious issues, they're able to take them, put it in your face, make you laugh about it, but also make you think. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he doesn't just do it for the joke. He does it also to make you think, and that's what good comedy does. Mm -hmm. But um, it seems like he especially got... His backlash from the LGBT. Oh, I'm sure that was a big community. <laughs> with you know, he had several gay jokes and transgender jokes, but the analogy of Them the, being car, in the car that was a trip. But it I was so on point. Me too. And you know what was so deep about that, and what people don't realize is that we kind of lumped them together in the LGBTQ thing. Mm -hmm. But the fact is. There are several different sub movements mm -hmm. within mm -hmm. the gay community. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not a monolith, just like the black community isn't a monolith either. But it was interesting to hear in a humorous way how he broke down the differences. <laughs> and sometimes they have attitudes against yeah. other people that are kind <laughs> of in the culture. With, I fell out when he was talking about, yeah, he said the bees don't like the teas. And, and they're like, get out of the car. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, there isn't a bathroom for you from four <laughs> states. You know, I was like, shut up. <laughs> and they are the most sensitive people. Oh, gosh, and it's yeah. like, come oh, on, yeah. you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Ooh. As a black woman who has been, you know, overweight most of my life, you know, I'm not exactly fond of a fat joke. But, you know, I can sit and, and listen to a fat joke and take it or whatever. And it's like and, and laugh at myself and not take it so seriously. And I'm like, for goodness sakes, why can't anybody else? Black people, we have been the brunt of the joke since we've oh, been dragged, uh, drug over uh, here yeah, on the slave ship. Amen to that. So it's like if we can laugh at ourselves and just kind of roll with the punches, so to speak, why can't other people? I'm just sick of the oversensitive nature that we're living with right now. It's just in the I political agree. correctness. It's just, yeah. it's over the top. Yeah, I'm so over it. It's just, yeah, everybody get to your corners and I should be able to do what I want when I want. And you can do what you want when you want. And, and who am I to tell you what to do and who are you to tell me what to do? I, I think, yeah, this, the whole PC culture is just, you know, out there. It really is, and um, the criticism is kind of unfortunate because if you stop being stuck in the minutia of your own fragility, <laughs> you can see the much larger statements that he was trying to make in the special. Like, for instance, the ridiculousness of political correctness and the cancel culture. And as a side note, I think it's awesome how we on this podcast, we have kind of been ahead of the curve. Yeah. We did a whole entire show That's on right. cancel culture right. months ago. That's so right. yeah. we just seem to always be on the pulse I like that. of what's going on. <laughs> so I just had to, we had to like two, snaps, our, to two snaps. Yeah. <laughs> to us yeah. Because oh, and if you have not uh, had a chance to check out that episode, please do. Mm -hmm. Because it, it just fits to even what's yeah. going on now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then I, I thought the way it, ended um and i'm i've always been very i mean on this show and on um on my other one about you know how my childhood was and everything and and um you know i was picked on bullied you name it um you know i'm i'm a light african-american woman i'm mixed uh you know people don't like me because my hair you know i wore glasses as a kid you name it i was and i was super short so i was always like you know, like the, the runt of the class or whatever. But, you know, so I had a, a hard road to hoe, but I never wanted anybody, I never once thought about shooting up the school or coming back and hurting people. Um, mm -hmm. I always talk about my nemesis. I said, I can't stand him to this day. He probably doesn't even remember who I am. But I was like, Jamie Ensley, ugh. you know, I was like, he, <laughs> he terrorized me as a kid. And I said, I never wanted him to die. I just wanted him to leave me alone, you know. Yeah. So I handled it as um, a, a nine-year-old girl can do. And I hit him upside the head with my lunchbox, which was metal at the time. They're not, they're now plastic. <laughs> but I handled it. And we never had no more problems after that, okay? Yeah. Because so, that's how you kind of, and of course I'm not encouraging. No, I don't promote fighting, but if anyone. somebody starts it, finish but it with the That's how you handle a bully. Yeah, absolutely. They, they attack people that they feel like they can. Yeah. And it's like once you get them Push together, me to the limit. Yeah. Then they realize, because I was bullied, <laughs> you know, probably for different reasons, because I was raised differently in a very religious home. I was raised by my great grandmother and I even got bullied because I didn't have like parents that people knew about. 
that I was, yeah, I had people that made fun of me like, eh, that's why your parents don't love you and you oh, have to no. live oh, wow. with some See, we just woman. didn't talk about stuff like that. Yeah, because, we didn't. Because there was a little girl in my class that I'm, I'm friends with today and I don't know what happened to her biological father. I just know her mother, re, or yeah, her mother remarried and she had a different last name. Now, I don't know if he died, if they got divorced. We just didn't talk about that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, well-adjusted. Um, she's got a, her. In mm-hmm. fact, her little brother, Ryan, is now, um, uh, he got called, well, he, he was the head coach for East Moline basketball for years, and he just got the call to go to Iowa. Iowa City. He, he is a coach for the basketball for the University of Iowa now. Wow. And I'm total proud. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, I remember him sitting on his mom's lap. You know what I'm saying? Well, Denise was cheering. And uh, <laughs> so he's frozen as that little baby, you know. But no, yeah. he's got a family and everything. But I mean, you know, but we just didn't talk about stuff like that. No, and, we didn't. Uh, we just, you know, dealt with it, internalized yeah. it, whatever. Just what we had to do to, like, get to the day. But mm-hmm. at no moment in time was it like, I'm going to like hurt, you know, really no, hurt someone never, or cause, yeah, come shoot I had, someone. I was always trying to find my place, and yeah, um, me too. You where know I, I fit I, in, yeah, because when because and it seemed like Amy and my Who's class, your sister? it was my sister. Um, it seemed like that's when they were always refiguring the grades because yeah. I went um, kindergarten through fourth grade at LT Stone, then I did one year at Steele. Then uh, we did. These one... are schools in Galesburg, oh, yeah, by I'm the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Well, anyway, yeah. And then it's like, you know, and everything was hunky dory when we were in elementary school. I feel like the shift happened when we went to junior high. I think that's usually the yeah. shift for everyone because yeah. that's when, you know, people start to get more clicky mm-hmm. that's what they start. and yeah, yeah you start getting more divided yeah. everyone's uh-huh. in their little corner and then they, and therefore that's when the bullying right starts. right but back to the special okay. yeah sorry <laughs> i know, digress it's easy for both of us to digress <laughs> uh, but i love that throughout the entire show he was kind of letting the audience know that was like actually there and who would like us who would be listening to the special that our opinion really doesn't mean that much to him and that he's going to create his art as he sees fit. He's mm-hmm. going to say, to say what he wants to say. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch. And that's a really simple but powerful concept. Like, for example, if you know you don't like something or that you're probably going to be offended, use your freedom of choice and Not you to don't watch. have to watch. Or if you do begin to watch something and it bothers you, just turn it off. Some people just live off being offended and they feed on it. And, Mm. you know, Dave isn't new to the game. And if you followed his career, you know anything about him, if you watched any of his comedy, everyone can kind of know what to expect. Mm -hmm. He's going to tackle race, politics, and whatever else is going on in his own unique way. Mm -hmm. And you know going in that he's probably gonna make a gay joke. Mm -hmm. He just does. I think every special of his that I've ever watched, he's made a gay joke at some point. So if you already know going in that he's likely to piss you off, then once again, don't watch. And he even said in Sticks and Stones, hey, you chose to click on my face. Mm -hmm. You know, he made a point of saying that, that you choose to watch 
and then you get offended. It makes no sense. And I, I, uh, for one, I mean, he's always um, dug his own path, if you will, because he, they, I don't know. I guess he um, left show business for a while and turned down a really. Um, lucrative contract with Saturday Night Live or whatever and he was okay with that you know yeah well he gave up 50 million dollars yeah. from Comedy Central that's what it is Comedy because Central. you know he had done two seasons of the Chappelle show mm-hmm. um, highly popular to this day probably the most popular show that's ever been on that network and he kind of grew a conscience and he became aware that a lot of these sketches that he was using, even though that he was making these bigger statements on race, that some groups were just using them to like make fun of black people or to stereotype black people Mm -hmm. further. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, that is not my intention. And my intent is kind of backfiring. So in his moments of awareness, he was like, I can't do this. I I feel like I'm becoming a part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And then he went on kind of like almost the spiritual sabbatical to Africa. And then he was like deeply affected by that and kind of came back a different person. People were saying that he was crazy because he let $50 million go and kind of all money isn't good money, baby. No, No, it it isn't. And once he realized, you know, Mm -hmm. like he said that he was becoming part of the problem and that Mm -hmm. was not his intention. I say kudos to him too. for having the guts to be able to walk away from yeah. that type of money. Yeah, I yeah, I I, I mean it puts him in a new light and, and um, on that tip because yeah, a lot of people are controlled by the fame, the fortune, and and he's not he, he like and like they'll do anything they'll do anything yeah, they'll do to anything get it for it and yeah. then they'll do anything to keep, keep it. it keep it and uh, and he's he's not beholden to that so he's like you don't like me okay and I said I kind of next yeah next <laughs> on to the next so yeah I I kind of admire him for that yeah mm-hmm. I mean he deserves a lot of credit for being able to stand mm-hmm. on his principles mm-hmm. one of the few in Hollywood that do yeah. So he discussed so many topics in the special, um, the Me Too movement, abortion, mass shootings and gun culture, the opiate crisis, poverty. What are some of the moments that stuck out to you? Well, yeah, like I, I said, the uh, the whole um, gun thing, he's like, you know, uh, he said that somebody was trying to break into the house. And so he's like, I'm going to go get a gun. So he's like, I went to Kmart. And the guy was like, what do you want? He just gave him the gun, and, and it was just probably the way it goes, too. They're, they don't care what you're using it for. They just want the money. And yeah. then, and, then, and how he explained the different types of bullets. <laughs> so he's like, is this a buckshot, or are you going to get something, a duck thing or something? I don't remember what, he, what it was. But, yeah, it's like, and I just have, uh, through my job, I just took active shooter training. And they're like, there is nothing that can help you. He's like, you either need to run, fight, or engage because these bullets, they, they go through everything, including yeah, you. they do. Mm-hmm. And I'm short and chubby, yeah. so I'm screwed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I was like, just shoot me. I can't run. Yeah, just like <laughs> my best hope is to just shut my op- my door at the office, turn the light on, and pretend like I'm not in there. That's yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had five scenarios. That was one of them. They're like, and then, but then there was one. The last one that was kind of interesting is you've got because he's like you hear the commotion, and if it's far enough away, you've got time to get out. 
But then yeah. I was like, okay. I said, but I'm an Oprah disciple. And remember J.J. Biderbeck, who always said, never let them take you to a secondary location. So shouldn't you just stay where you are? Well, and Dave Chappelle <laughs> made the good point when he was talking about how his kids came home and told him about their, like, active shooter drills. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're talking to the very people the person that would end up shooting up your school right so that they know what the protocol is like Uh and so where are we supposed to meet up and i'm like i hadn't even thought about that but that's right yeah because they end up snapping they know exactly what they're gonna do yeah they know exactly (laughs) you know if anything they could just go right to the to the location where you're supposed to meet up and then gut everybody down Uh so yeah it was just you know it's you know that's a, an example of how he takes something that's real and what's going on mm-hmm. and like puts a humorous spin on it but mm-hmm. it makes you think because yeah. that made me stop and think uh-huh. that makes sense you're sitting here you know telling the shooter what you're gonna do yep absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and also of course when he was saying that you know the parents are looking around at each other like Okay, who's raising the shooter? And he's yeah. like, as the black folks, it's not it's not more us. More likely not us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the special, it was just good. It was really good in general. And so that's why when I heard all this backlash, I'm like, are you kidding me? Now you know political correctness has gone way out of control when even comedians are under attack. That's what there's there's yeah. comedy. It's comedy. They're supposed to be our like well not even the moral compass. But and no one's exempt. No. No. Everybody everybody should well and then like yeah, like you were saying, okay, we can't say, you know, the F word, but everybody uses the N word like it's nobody's business. He's like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and for him <laughs> to say that to for him to say that that lady who handles like uh policy or whatever when it comes to what you can say on tv and like he stopped and thought about it and he was like how is it that i can't say the f word but i can say the n word and then she had the audacity to say well it's because you're not an f and then he had to come back and say well i'm not an n either yeah so like hello yeah exactly so yeah it's just yeah the whole censorship i i just think once you open that can of worms I was like, well, then everything should be censored then. And nobody yeah. wants that. You don't want to live in a police state. Yeah. But I was like, if you're going to criticize or, or um, you know, uh, peruse one thing, then you should do it all, I think. And no one is really safe from it. Mm-mm. Because, like, you or I or anyone, uh, someone could, like, try to go back in our social media pages or tweets from, like, 10 years ago or whatever and you may have said something dumb that was kind of okay to say at the time even though it's not okay to say now and that people can just can vilify you for something like that and Chappelle did make a point about that when he talked about Kevin Hart and the whole Oscar debacle where people looked up tweets that he joke tweets that he made seven or eight years ago um, about his son and that used that against him and it's like come on like my daily motto is each day I want to be a better version of myself than I was the day before well you're I always s- supposed to change and evolve yes you're supposed to grow and <laughs> yeah. and 
And you're supposed to be allowed to make mistakes when you're young and dumb. I hope I'm not my 20 year old self at 48 Me either. years. Me either. 48 years old. God forbid. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like 20 year old Jay wasn't nice. No, 20 me, year old Jay was something else. Me was too. like a bougie uppity mess that was making I was, I all mean, kind I'm of mistakes. I'm now, but I was way worse at 20. <laughs> yeah, I was beginning to be like once I got to Bradley yeah. and. Because um, Karen and I have shared on the show before that in the community that we grew up in, we really didn't have any real black history. No, I mean, it was no. Martin Luther King, and, and that was Parks, about Rosa it. Parks. Can't forget Rosa. That's about <laughs> it. And like for me and my household, your household, I think was a lot better. But for me, my grandmother was so religious that she didn't deal with race relations and things like that at all. She didn't teach me about my history as being an African American. So when I got to Bradley. And I took uh, some African-American studies courses. Mm -hmm. I was so angry. I went through such a militant phase. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like yeah. all this Once knowledge. Once you find out it's there, it's like, yeah. why didn't somebody tell me this years yeah, ago? Yeah, it's like my mind was blown. Yeah. I was pissed and angry at yeah. the world. I was and, like, you've been hiding this stuff from me? What What is that about? Yeah, like, how did I not know this stuff? Yeah. So, had there been social media or whatever back then, Lord knows what you would have been able to pull up on me now. And you know, the killing part, too, is that some of these same people, it drives me nuts, that want to point the finger at everyone else, if we were privy to their conversations at the dinner table. Has cast the first stone. You if know. we could hear yeah. what they say mm -hmm. to their friends behind mm -hmm. closed mm -hmm. doors when they think they're in their safe space to say mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. we would cringe and be disgusted. Absolutely. And it's these same people that have their fingers pointed at everyone else. Well, as Uncle Kitty always said, when you point a finger, there's three pointing back at you. <laughs> absolutely. And I just, <laughs> the hypocrisy yeah. of it all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, when it comes to freedom of speech being under attack, something that really troubles me is what's going on on college campuses all across the country where they're protesting guest lecturers. Sometimes they're protesting um, artists that they don't want coming to their college campuses. And I'm like, what is happening to our youth? College is a time where you're supposed to be curious. You're supposed to expand your mind and, and you're supposed to be able to hone your analytic and critical thinking skills. That's where you really learn and develop those. Well, they had protesters at the debates Thursday. Oh, Did I you? didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I fell asleep on part of it because I'd worked 13 hours, but um uh yeah there was some protesters that came in yeah because they were on uh texas southern university campus which is an hbcu historically hey, black hey, college yeah, university yeah. <laughs> um so but yeah they they had protesters and were um, there students there protesting uh -huh, there were there were some and so they, what was their problem it was a democratic debate i don't know but they they didn't they they were hollering about something when biden was trying to answer something and then they removed them, but then they just kind of glossed over it. They didn't say what they were, you know, but you could clearly hear them in the background. Yeah. So, And it's that type of thing. This, it's a growing intolerance. And 
it's been happening on the right with right wing extremists mm -hmm. for years. They have been the ones really attacking our freedom of speech. But now we're seeing it on the left, like people that are supposed to be progressives. They're supposed to be liberal minded. And they're the ones that are trying to control people's freedom of speech. And it's like, come on, this is absolutely ridiculous. And especially on college campuses, that's when you should really be into your freedom of expression because for most kids, that's your first time that you've had any freedom on a personal level. You're away from home. You're able to experience things and do things that you hadn't been able to do under the watchful eye of mom and dad or whoever I know your guardian I was, is. And I, and I started school at 17 instead of 18. There are some 17-year-olds that are mature and some that are not. I was one of the not. I need, so, I, but <laughs> what do you think it's, is going on to where this is happening with our young people that they're beginning to be so intolerant that you can't be open to someone coming on your college campus and giving a lecture that you don't agree with. Like I said earlier, when I was saying like, don't just don't watch the Dave Chappelle special or turn it off. And when it comes to like a guest lecture or whatever, just don't go. Just don't go. Yeah. Why do you have to, I don't understand why, what's good for you has to be good for me too. I think that's right. that's what it is. And so you don't like them, therefore no one has the opportunity to hear them. I, I don't agree with that. So if you don't like that person, okay, you're entitled to your opinion. That's the whole thing, you know, your um, free, free will, free thought, whatever then stay in your room that day just yeah don't, why should yeah, you you just you have the freedom of choice mm -hmm. that you just don't have to go or how about this how about you go because for me i want to hear what the, what the other side is saying me too i want to know what you're planning yeah i, I want to know what you think of Be me forthwith so i know what's going on yeah yeah mm -hmm. because now there's no such thing as the kkk mask uniform i'd rather hood. see the hood so i know how to conduct myself but now it's right. more covert than but overt but now that the hood mm. is off and that you feel like you can come and and say whatever i kind of want to know what you're saying mm. where are you coming from how are you gonna attack me i can yeah. plan accordingly yeah you I know agree. always yeah. know what your enemies got going on yeah but it's just ridiculous that we just in society as as a whole we are just becoming so intolerant and so overly sensitive to where it's beginning to infringe on our personal freedoms mm -hmm. and how people pick and choose to be offended. And this is a story that I heard the other day and for people who have been listening to this podcast for any length of time with what I'm about to say, you can probably understand why I was particularly um, incensed by this. Did you hear about um, the legal story about uh, this 21, 20 year old white woman named, her name is Brooke Schuyler Richardson. Just the other day, Brooke was acquitted, will do no jail time. She gave, when she was 18. She, the baby, yeah. She gives birth uh -huh. at home. And buried in the backyard or something. Buried that baby girl in the backyard like it was garbage like I have pets buried in my backyard she buries her baby 
the baby was discovered two months later because she had been to her, I guess her family doctor that had told her she was pregnant. And when she had come, like, I guess after she had given birth, just for like a routine checkup or whatever, and the doctor said, oh, you don't have the baby with you. Like, you know, we're, what's going on? I thought you'd bring the baby in. And I guess she, you know, had a brief moment of guilt and burst into tears and begins to blab out that the baby died or whatever. And so then an investigation was done and they discovered the baby's, at that point, skeletal remains in the backyard. And to hear the so-called justice system, how they let her off, because she's white, that's why. Right, and white privilege <laughs> at Look its at Felicity worst. Huffman, white privilege at its best. Same thing, but when you think, and then she tried to say that the baby was stillborn, there's no proof of that. Mm-hmm. That's her word. She could have suffocated the baby. God forbid she might have buried it alive. Mm-hmm. She did not want to be a mother. And you know, and when you, when you hear about the other things in the case, like literally a few hours after she gave birth, she went to a local gym, was working out. She sent a text to her mother bragging that her stomach was gone and that she, her body was going to look better than ever and she was never going to let her stomach get big again and blah, blah, blah. You just buried a dead baby, your baby, in the backyard and you're at a friggin' gym bragging about your body and then the judge (laughs) is making all these statements like oh she was just a tender 18 year old at 18 year old you can vote you can go to war because you can join the military but you're so fragile and woe is me that you gave a gave birth at 18 and you buried your kid in the backyard and my whole point in even saying this where are the doggone anti-abortionists mm-hmm. with this? No, no, because where are they at when it comes to this baby that was buried like it was nothing in this yeah. chick's backyard? Yeah, not a word. Mm-mm. That's why when it comes to them and what they have to say, I could care less. And yes, I'm pro-life, and like I've said in an early episode, I have my own new definition of pro-life. When I say that I'm pro-life, I am pro-life from in utero to the grave. Yeah. I'm not just picking because the eight the, months before you get here. I'm pro-life the whole time. Because they don't have a plan for after these little kids get here. You know what I'm saying? And then they cut the programs. They're cutting WIC. They're cutting um, food stamps and all the other stuff. And I said, and there are some people that don't deserve to be parents. You know what I'm saying? And no one deserves to start their life in a dumpster you know what i'm saying and that's right what the, that's what it's going to go back to is the back alley stuff well and, and that was one yeah. of the one of the things that the, that um like her defense attorney was saying well if she was a bad person then the baby would have been in a dumpster at least the baby was buried in the backyard for crying out loud who cares where the baby was buried it was dead yeah pro- pro- probably get proper- be, uh, murdered at its mother's hands yeah yeah, she didn't get proper prenatal care. And, None. Because all and she, she was didn't told want was it, she why? was pregnant and obviously had never been to another doctor, no. ever. No. And then, um, yeah, she didn't want that kid. She could have gave it up for adoption, especially a white baby. Yes. She could have got premium for that. You know? She sure could have. Yeah. There's no excuse. A full white baby? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> 
She she really she could have gotten cut her nose like off to spite her face. Hundreds of thousands of oh, dollars. Absolutely, absolutely for a pure white baby. Yeah. And I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And the excuses that oh, she was a cheerleader and trying to paint her as some paragon of virtue, and she's a baby killer. Well, and then it's just like okay, so you've got her that gets off, and how about the. Um, the swimmer that was the rapist and he spent what three months in jail and they're like oh you're not penitentiary material so you get um, three months and, and and the rest off for good behavior where this girl's life is ruined yeah. you know she'll never be right again I mean we can come up yeah. with oh yeah with story after story you yeah. just can't, you just mentioned Felicity Huffman mm-hmm. oh woe is me she's gonna do 14 years in in at 14 years 14 days in jail big for deal. that college scam yeah. and you've got like so many black women in prison today mm-hmm. like five-year sentences 12-year sentences because they lied about where they live so their kids could get an education one woman who was homeless literally living out of her car and wanted her kids to be able to go to school and so she used someone's address because she couldn't say oh I live in my car at the corner of boo boo and boo boo and she got five years in prison uh, taken away from her kids talking about separation from families yeah it's so hypocritical and it, and it's just you know, as long as you're white, you're right. And if you're black, God help you. And if you got money, because we, oh yeah, money is the money big. is the is the <laughs> is the equalizer for sure. And, yeah. And I I went to uh, um, the Black Justice Project here in Peoria did a thing about money bond, and I got a real education about that because okay, and oh well, just here yeah here in Peoria how. The guy that beat his wife got out for a hundred dollars, and then you get somebody who gets a DUI or a ticket, and they pay ten thousand dollars. Where, where's the equity in that? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and then he gets stuck in jail. And yeah, and that's what sends so many people to jail and prison because they can't bond themselves out. Yeah. And it, you know, one little stupid mistake or a traffic offense can ruin their entire life. Yeah, they have to lose their job because they're sitting in jail. They can't go to work. And God knows what's happening to, you know, their families and kids at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, you're separating families for, like, these petty offenses. Yeah. And just the selective outrage in general. I'm just so over it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a problem. She deserved to go to jail. She should, you know, have to be reminded and think about that poor little thing you know, for the rest of her life, but she's going to move on and, and, you know, she'll live her best life doing something else. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. She'll move on because, you know, she's been made to be the victim. She's the victim, not that poor little baby girl buried like it was an afterthought in her backyard. But anyway, I could go on and on about that, but back going back to our topic of, of freedom of speech. What do you think, um, the role social social media should have. I mean, we've seen um, like Facebook and how they've banned like Minister Louis Farrakhan, um, Alex Jones, and others for quote unquote hate speech. But whereas other things they let go, outrageous things that are said all the time on like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, you name it. So, what did you think about it? when you heard about people like Minister Farrakhan being banned? Well, I'm like, what's really going on? I mean, they've, 
Like I said, I don't subscribe to everything Minister says, but some of the stuff he's saying is very, very true about, you know, doing for yourself and, and everything. And I think they just don't want him to get into people's minds because then if they they may not listen to to one person, but if they hear him and then they get inspired, be like, oh, well, maybe I can open my own business. Maybe I can do something that we might rise up. And, you know, they're always afraid that we're going to come after them like they did us. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just think, you know, it's an effort to kind of eliminate the presence of certain people. Now, Alex Jones and his InfoWars crap, I mean, he's a nut. He's a conspiracy theorist. And I do think that he's kind of dangerous. But still, if you say that you believe in the First Amendment and freedom of speech, you have to protect it even against scumbags that you don't agree with. Now, Minister Farrakhan, like you, I mean, we completely have a completely different um, theological um, ideology, and there are some things that he says that are cringy and I don't agree with, but he is doing some amazing things in the city of Chicago. He and the uh, the fruit of fruit of Islam, the fr FOI, FOI, the FOI, you respect. respect. They are yeah. doing some amazing yep. things and trying mm -hmm. to battle uh, the gun violence that's going yeah. on in Chicago. They're, they put the, those brothers. They put themselves on the front lines. They put themselves in danger, reaching out to those gang members. Um, they have uh, been able to call truces several mm -hmm. times in the city. They've been able to get those gang members together when no one else could. Mm -hmm. So that's a situation where you can't throw out everything that the minister does because of some you know, questionable things he says because he does good work too. Absolutely. And but I just think that under this presidency of 45 who shall be nameless because I don't even want to like say that name no we don't want to get it him just any seems <laughs> that more and more media outlets are being controlled or silenced altogether I mean the bias is alarming because you have Fox News which is state-run media absolutely controlled by 45 then on the opposite spectrum, you have MSNBC, which I have to say most of what they say I like. But you could say that sometimes it's ex to the extreme on the other side. Then you have some place like CNN and maybe the traditional ABC, CBS, who are supposed to be um, unbiased. But are they? Because when you look at, it's not so much, you can't just look at, the stories they choose to cover, you also have to look at the stories they choose not to cover. Mm -hmm. I mean, are we hearing enough about Hurricane Dorian and what's going on with the Bahamian people? They've moved on to the next thing now. They've moved on, and mm -hmm. you have a whole country of mm -hmm. people who largely have been displaced, mm -hmm. and they've been denied temporary entrance into the United States, of course, because God forbid... 45 allow any more black and brown people because that's the whole point that's his whole issue with uh, Latinos mm -hmm. it's their skin color mm -hmm. so of course he wasn't going to let the, the dark skinned Bahamians into the country and why isn't he being called out on that where are the stories about the tragedies that's going on people are literally dying and there's going to be more because 
There's going to be disease, obviously famine. There's no food Mm -hmm. because there's nothing in the Abaco Islands. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. Yeah, I think I heard online or or saw something on TV that six members of Sydney Portier's extended family is missing from the Bahamas. So, you know, it's like, yeah, people are missing. They're uh, dying. Their their houses have been destroyed. You know, they don't even have, you know, like at least here when the people in what was it, the Carolinas and Florida, they at least had stores they could go to to get supplies. They don't even yeah, have stores. There's because no, there's nothing, nothing. There's nothing there. I mean, it looks like Armageddon has taken place yeah. there. There is every flat. structure has been leveled. There is literally nothing. These people have no place to sleep. Nothing. And to be turned away like that, I mean, it's just beyond cold and callous. I mean, it is, (laughs) but it's not just him. It's the people that uphold him and let this go on. They make excuse. Well, yeah, they allow him to do whatever. And whatever he says is gospel. And like I heard Ted Cruz this morning on uh, on uh, this week with, with George Stephanopoulos saying, you know, I was like, people will probably just stop reporting or have gone off the roads of unemployment. There's like, you know, this is the lowest unemployment that, that blacks and Latinos have had, and it's been under under uh, Trump's administration. And I'm like, on what planet are you living? Yeah, and first of all, <laughs> there's no way to seriously, yeah. accurately uh, count the numbers of Latinos because you got most of them scared to even... Yeah, they're undocumented. Yeah, they're undocumented. <laughs> they're scared to even let you know that they're existing. Yeah in this country for fear of ice knocking down their door give me a break so many people have just stopped looking mm-hmm. or they're working three part-time jobs not even making enough money for those three jobs to add up to one full-time job mm-hmm. i mean it's ridiculous you can't count someone employed because they're working some crap part-time job 12 hours a week because that's all they can get mm-hmm. but anyway uh, <laughs> i digress once yeah. again but what I brought up, the media outlets and, and uh, the control over freedom of speech and, and, and what stories get covered when you begin to attack media outlets and the smaller media outlets, like even black media that's online, because I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube where these folks are covering stories that you would never hear on a CNN or on a CBS <laughs> this morning or anything. And it's like when you shut them down, you're shutting down stories that you wouldn't otherwise hear about. Mm -hmm. So when freedom of speech is being attacked, it's not just the big guns, but it's the little guys that get shut down too. And they're the ones that are out on the front lines that are doing the work and reporting um, on the true stories that are going on that we don't get to hear. So that's also the danger of this attack on free speech. So, as we like to do, we don't like to end things on a downer. (laughs) We like to talk about what can we do to change things. Well, I I, um, practice here. Uh, You know, I'm so glad that I have access to Internet. And um, I don't have cable, but I I have, you know, um, Internet. And so you can get stuff from, you know, Twitter and... uh, Black America Web, you know, just making yourself aware of all the other outlets out there. And 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 I'm definitely, um, you know, now that they've got the squad back on CNN, you know, follow those people on Twitter, you know, April Ryan, Andrew Gillum, 
um, I can't remember who. Angela oh, Rye. Angela Rye. Yeah, it's my girl, Angela Rye. I like and Bakari and Sellers. Bakari Sellers, yes. So, um, you know, follow those people on, on Twitter. Follow uh, Roland Martin, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Unfiltered. Uh, make sure that you are plugged into Black America Web, which is um, Tom Joyner. Um, who will be retiring this year and then so is the show going to go on no uh actually uh ricky smiley is going to take over when he goes off on december 31st ricky smiley will take over the the broadcast they announced that earlier or uh, i hope he will have the same level of consciousness that that tom joiner did and like political awareness and things like that because i think think that's what has been so powerful about about Tom Joyner. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I listen to him as uh, from my phone as I'm getting dressed in the morning. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the the programs that um, Karen mentioned, I definitely watch and I mm-hmm. support. Oh, and the Griot, that's the other black. Uh, the Root. Yeah, and the um, Root. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, and even if you're not African American, because of course what we the shows that we uh, just mentioned are primarily African American based. But for whatever you're interested, mm-hmm. even if you're listening to us and you're conservative, mm-hmm. and you know support those conservative. Oh, and for sites. our brown sisters and brothers, Telemundo, it is Latin American Heritage Month this month. Oh, for, it is. Yeah, it yes. starts today, the fifteenth, September fifteenth through October fifteenth. Today okay. is the actual battle that. Um, uh, liberated Mexico from Spain, not Cinco de Mayo. Just okay, so you know. that word <laughs> speaks speak some knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we both grew up in the same small community, which oddly enough, as small as it was, I always tell people like the neighborhood I grew up in, it was really a melting pot. It was like equally black, white, and Mexican. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like so enriched as a human being having um you know been exposed to other cultures uh-huh. so that was uh, a pleasure and you know i love my latino and my latin ex brothers and that's sisters. right i i could go for an enchilada right now hey i made some <laughs> Did you really? i made some chicken and black Ooh-wee. bean ones and girl Ooh-wee. they were fire Ooh-wee. as a matter of fact i'm gonna eat leftovers and we're done okay with this that. show so i will Toast up my enchilada yes, <laughs> to Hispanic yes. heritage. Yes, so yes. yeah, whoever you are, whatever <laughs> yeah. your interests are, um, support the small media outlets. Whether it's mm-hmm. clicking on a YouTube video or something. Hopefully, it's not something crazy. We're not encouraging you guys to get radicalized no. by any stretch no. of the imagination. No, no just, hate be speech, but, just, yeah, be just be more informed. Just be more informed. Just be more informed. Be curious. That's one of the things that help you grow as a human being is having some curiosity about others. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are in 100% alignment or agreement with someone's lifestyle or that your personal ideology is going to necessarily turn or change, but just have some curiosity and from curiosity grows empathy to mm-hmm. others. So just be more mindful of that. Um, speak up about the topics that you believe in. Um, defend your right to freedom of speech and the right of others, even if it's something that you disagree with. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the things that um, you can all do. So any final words about the topic from you, Karen? Well, yeah, just, just make sure that you have an open mind um and and do your own research like we've always said you know um you could there's a there's a plethora of of resources that you can use but just um yeah if you've got a smartphone oh 
you literally have, have the library of the world right at, at your, your fingertips. fingertips. Absolutely. There's no reason to be ignorant of any topic mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And, and also um, growing up where we did, we had the luxury of having, um, you know, our, our TV. We could either get Peoria channels or the Quad City channels, which yes. I always liked. Yeah. And of course, WGN, Ode to WGN, and they're still there. I always felt the like. The OG. Oh, yeah. I always felt like they were more on the pulse of what was going on than sometimes the networks. Yes. Especially the new news. I always yeah. felt like I, I knew what was going on when I would watch that before I would go to work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's a wrap for another show. Thank you again for spending time listening to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. And we ask that you share, rate, and subscribe. And also join the conversation. Let you let us know what you think about the attacks on free speech. Leave us a message on the Get Happy with Jay Facebook page or at the website, gethappywithjay.com. And we will definitely respond to each and every comment. And thanks as always to my wonderful co-host, Karen Thank Wilson. You. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to give a special shout out to our recurring guest, Michael yes, Hurt. Mr. He Hurt. will be back on the okay, show. Sweet. But great news for him. <laughs> he has his own internet radio show. That is awesome. And I will try, and I should have looked it up before I started the show, but in the description part of the podcast, I will put the link to his mm-hmm. show so that you guys can check him out and support and he will be back to join us Yay. as well and i'm sure at some point he'll have us on his show Yay, as well be awesome. too because okay. i will definitely he's been such a supporter of yeah, this podcast for real he can ask me at any time so michael hurt's not with us today he's i kind of gave him the I gave him a break because i know he's getting his show off the yeah. ground and i know how time consuming that is, but I will put the information about his show in the description cool box. Yes, we are so happy and so proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> and so for you listeners, if you guys out there ever want to join us at our table for one of these great discussions, you're welcome to be our guests. You can have, we are literally at a table. Amen. You can literally have a seat with us at the table and be a guest. That'd be Just so cool. again, yeah, it would be. I'd like to open yeah. this up to other people. Uh-huh. If there's a topic that you want us to cover, we will do that gladly. If there's a show or a book you want us to review, anything like that, just drop us a line. But we would really like to have some other special guests join us as Mm -hmm. well because it's always fun to hear different perspectives, and I'm always open. And I would especially love to have some uh, conservative guests on the show for whatever reason. Just feel them out. I I know plenty of conservatives, but they just always shy away from being on the show. So if you're out there, we don't bite. We're not going to be nasty. We are open. That's right. Okay. We don't have to agree. (laughs) We can disagree um, pleasantly and respectfully. Respectfully. Absolutely. So we want to hear from you guys. I'm Jatan Woods. And as always, we end with this. Until next time, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish. It's self-care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tell me how.